Hi, everybody. It's Elle here. And I just want to give a quick shout out to our partners and our supporters and the people that edit and put this show together over at Pretty Easy Podcasts. Now, we get a lot of compliments on how the show sounds and how it looks on YouTube, but that would not be without Pretty Easy Podcasts and the amazing team that they have. If you are looking to create your own podcast or maybe you have some ideas of some social media endeavors, Pretty Easy Podcasts has the technology, the equipment, and the skills to make your podcast sound great at your own disposal at your own time so record from home your office a park wherever they will help you out please give them a email at prettyeasypodcast.com once again that is prettyeasypodcast.com and thanks for listening Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and everyone on the non-conforming world, once again, thank you so much for coming back to Queer Late Night, a late night podcast where we give professionals and people from the queer community the opportunity to share a little bit of their story for empowerment and for insightfulness. This is one of my last episodes in season one. This is season one. Wow. We're on like, uh, I think episode number 10 now. And I am so happy to be sharing this with none other than my best friend, Mr. Ricky Roman. How are you doing? I am so well. I'm here. I'm queer. And that's all right. I'm not used to that. Um, did you, how, did you, how do you feel about we're like almost on we're on episode 10. We have two more in the season. Did you think this is going to happen? Of course. Yes. Yeah, I'm really uh, excited with the pace and the content, and I'm all about quality, not quantity. So quality this is, quantity. you know, I feel like we're in a good place. And we got, last week, we confirmed that we were able to get a sponsorship from AHF, AIDS Healthcare Foundation. So we'll be shouting them out and adding them to our episode mm. really, really soon. So that's a really, really good thing for us. And um, it's just because, you know, we have our listeners and also we're creating content that our viewers love to hear from. But that's enough about that. I want to introduce our guest for this evening. It's one of my favorite people in my life. And you're going to find out why later on in this episode. So I'm going to try. Should I attempt to read it today all right okay you're gonna bring it yeah make it big okay all right i'm gonna breathe i i have been practicing all day okay take it slow take it so this guest sarah is currently executive director of timeout youth lgbt lgbtq youth serving organization in charlotte north carolina sarah sarah relocated to charlotte after spending 15 years in brooklyn new york she received her MSW at New York University and has spent her career working on working at an intersection of LGBTQ community and youth. Prior to coming to Time Out, Sarah worked at a way a way home America national incentive initiative focused on ending homelessness for LGBTQ youth and youth of color and the LGBT Community Center in New York. Sarah is passionate about queer liberation, nature, and spending time with her partner and her dogs. Yay! Well Yay, done. Yay! I did that. Welcome, well Sarah. Done. Hi. Welcome. Thank you. Hi. I did, I made you it did through. Great. I didn't. I'm you so did. Proud. For once, I was I was glad that I looked on the document. I was like, oh, it's here. Mm -hmm. There's no stops. There's no breaks. I'm so happy. How are you doing? 
I'm great. I'm so happy to be here. This is so fun. Thank you for including me. Well, it was really important to, well, I'm, the show is about diversity and inclusion. So we're trying to get as many voices with a great experience and something really insightful to share onto the show. And I'm going to share my story a little bit later, but I don't want to skip ahead in this segment. We did our check-in. Now let's do a little bit of banter. Sarah, how do you feel about Britney Spears being free? Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> I could not. Let me just tell you, I grew up with that woman, not literally, you know, but like everyone else, oh, like we're the same age. Right. I had a Britney Spears folder. Yeah. I oh. went to Britney Spears concerts growing up. Yeah. I went to see the circus tour for my 27th birthday. Oh my so God. like, I love her and watch her Instagram makes me scared because it's yeah. been so wild to watch, yeah. Yeah. but I am so happy for her. And I also think it could really help other people that are in these shitty conservatorships totally. that like maybe <clears throat> they will stop taking away people's autonomy over their own lives. Totally. So I am thrilled for I, her and for maybe everyone else. Mm -hmm. I have never cared about one white woman so much the way I cared about <laughs> Mm. I have it's not. It's a shame, right? Because, mm. you know, you watch these documentaries. And I know how, you know, documentaries are always painted. But when you watch three or four of them and the things start to add up, you're like, well, this makes absolute sense. Like, her disappearance in 2008 is like, her dad's sick. I mean, who f fuck him. <laughs> I didn't. I was like, what is he uh, doing here? Fuck him for real. Yeah, and then everything that's happening. So seeing her... Um, get her freedom. I'm interested in what you know she's gonna do over the course of the rest of her life. Is she's gonna rejoin her career? Is she gonna tell her story? I really hope she tells her story because we mm. we just want to like just burn that. Oh, honey, you know she already has a book deal. Come oh, on. Oh my god, Oprah so. is probably. We're, we're not entitled to it. Gosh, what a blessing it would be <laughs> to know. I want to hear it from her. I, I want to hear it from her. Yes, Oprah's got the exclusive interview. That's who I want to hear it she's from got too. The book deal. I would hear it from Oprah. I would listen to it if. I want the books to be read by Michelle Obama. <laughs> I want <laughs> that I, would be iconic. I want to find about something <laughs> tragic with like a very, very nice, calm, totally, voice. totally. Um, and other banter we have. Um, I'm, yeah, I know. You're, are you a fan of Lady Gaga? Yeah, of course. Are you? What are you? Are you gonna go see this House of Gucci? What's it called? House of Gucci. House of Gucci. House of Gucci. Absolutely. I'm not sure if I'm gonna see it. Wait, have you seen her act though? She actually surprised me. How she's good amazing she's actress. Her, yeah, she's been really good. So what are you worried about? I just don't like theaters. He has ADHD oh. and he can't sit down for more than an hour at a time. I'm we like, can't watch oh. a show longer than 45 minutes together. It's I'm like, do you not like it? And I he's like, no, been... I just can't sit this long. I'm like, I get it. Oh, I've seen the less can't sit down less. <laughs> it doesn't mean he me. can't get something done. He just has, you know, you got to keep it moving. put my, my desk on the ceiling. I right. feel more comfortable if it was well, well He needs to see it in episodes. <laughs> he needs to well, I haven't been to a theater in a long time, but me I would neither. Like, buy it or rent it or whatever it's on tv which all the movies are coming out on TV totally now. oh my I god i think this will be the one i will go see back in theater since the panty like as a treat because i feel yeah. comfortable enough you know yes, distance totally. and masked in this you know uh -huh. this space but i think this is i've been back to theaters that you have i've been yeah it's i've been to like a, I miss, I used a to go show or two mm -hmm. it's interesting I know, me too it's fun i'm also handling my adhd a little bit better so god bless there you go good um, for you uh, are you ready? You got some I'm ready. News? Yeah. Do the news. Okay. 
So I know that I say this um, on every episode, but going through queer news, it's, uh, I don't want to say disheartening, but <sighs> queer news more often than not. I mean, most news, most news, news isn't, yay, the fluff stuff, you know, and especially um, within the community. But more recently, I've been uh, reading from them.us. And I'm just going to jump into it. A 25-year-old Latinx trans woman was reported murdered in Florida. Jenny DeLeon's killing comes uh, amid the worst year for transphobic violence on record. This article is by James Factora at them.us. And um, I mean, I, I won't go into too many of the details. I feel like it's all, in, you know, been aforementioned. But what strikes me is this being the worst year for transphobic violence on record. And what bothers me about that is that's the same sentence that I hear for the past five years, six okay. years, seven. And it, what that means is it's only getting worse. Yeah, I think it was like last year um, when they did the survey, it was somewhere, if I'm not mistaken, around 41 mm -hmm. to 43 deaths. Mm -hmm. As of yes. October, it was like already at 35 or 36. Right. So. And, you know, usually these women are POC, um, are dealing with some sort of homelessness. And what state was this from? Florida. Florida. Yes. Florida, Florida. Yeah. It's always the South. I'm sorry. You I'm know what I'm sorry, saying? actually. The South and needs to come up with better. Where we can hear about the uh, the instances. At least it's being reported because in the past, these would go very brushed under the rug. But or, nothing's being done about finding the anyone to apprehend. No. They always get away. And there's still a lot of states. It's just like there's not even, it's barely half of the U.S. that has actual full protection and, and classify these things as hate, hate crimes. crimes. Yes. So. So sad. In 2022, I really hope that we pay attention to who's in office, who we elect, and what they really stand for. It sucks that you really have to do digging nowadays because when you're electing leaders, it's not like a pop artist or any other person official. It's a person that's going to make rules and laws that will affect your life, especially as a person from the LGBTQ community. Um, so that's my sentiment on that. I like to pick the mood of wit, queer question. So I had a few queer questions, but I was um, digging around the icebox tonight. When I mean digging around, I opened the door and everything flew out. Mm. And I was like, oh, Lord. I was like, all these ingredients and nothing to cook. <gasps> that was me earlier today. <sighs> Just random ingredients. But I was like, not one of these things makes a cohesive meal no, it's not, together. It's right? butter and garlic, minced garlic. What am I going to make with that? Camille. So, Sarah, as a first time guest on this show, I would like to ask you a queer question. You ready? Yes. What is the food product that you never can seem to either cook or finish before it goes bad? Asparagus. <laughs> now, which is it? You can't cook it or you can't eat it before it goes bad? Every time I buy it, and then I decide I want it, and it's like they're little little limpies. They start to get limp, withered, and yeah. you can't eat them. Yeah. And it is so upsetting Past because asparagus time. isn't cheap. No. So I should probably plan ahead, totally. but and commit like I'm gonna like, eat this. Maybe yeah, I'm gonna make this tonight. Right. But that never Wait, happens, this is another so. question. I feel like I know the answer to this question, but I'm gonna ask you anyway. Do you go to the grocery store with a list? Yes, of course I do. I love that. Oh, do you go with a list? 
One in five times. One do in I have five times. I never, one in five. I never I have, always a list. have a list. I walk in the Trader Joe's and I'm like, I just set a price point. I'm like, fair. Sixty dollars <laughs> is enough. And then I go through and I do. I use my math, which let's be honest, I failed algebra twice twice same teacher and she's like i can't so believe it's never 60 dollars. it's normally like 86 dollars, which is okay that's not bad uh when you let things go bad it's kind of <laughs> right right so um, i go with the list for the purpose of not letting things go bad because right. i'm trying to like i've got a few meals in mind yes. it doesn't always work as evidenced by the asparagus story, i should go with one I try meal. wait what's the one thing that you can't get rid of fast enough cook or eat it's or- not that i can't get rid of it i mean i for can't get rid of i can say um general greens like the other day kale that wilted so fucking fast so fast and it's not my favorite thing but that was a part of that food subscription i was doing i tried it and I didn't it's not that i hated it but i was getting a lot of stuff i didn't need or cook so i just canceled it but the bang was there for its buck in terms of yeah. the quantity I've of what i was it. getting I've never done it. i liked it i i might shop around to another thing i don't know only this year have I mastered rice. Yeah. And rice is be, hard. Being half Asian, my mom's from the Philippines, um, this was something I've been very shamed about, not being able to cook something, what's seemingly so simple. I feel like my mom could do it with her hands tied behind her back, blindfolded. But it, it would either, either be mashed, mushed, mushed, mushed rice potatoes, <laughs> or... <laughs> just this crunchzilla like it's worse off than before it was cooked <laughs> how many but, bottom of the pot oh have we my burned? god it's so yeah. embarrassing but this year i have mastered it and i'm so proud I'm you so have proud of you. you thank you i have oh so my food that i can't seem to get rid of it's it's always between stir fry or some type of thing that i had enough time to cook like a pepper a pepper does not technically go bad for like it goes a, a pepper keeps pretty long in terms yeah of, but uh, not veggies. for me beautiful. thank you it, <laughs> not for me it goes bad <laughs> because I, and i see it in there for a month every time right. i open the refrigerator it's like hey girl sad. i am actually dying she's looking at you sad <laughs> it's like oh you're going for another can soda that's wild mm. <laughs> pick me so pick me. choose me oh my god choose me <laughs> now um that was great Hey everybody, thanks for listening to Queer Late Night. This episode is being brought to you by AIDS Healthcare Foundation. AHF is an LGBTQ affirming health organization here in New York State and city and also around the globe. AHF prides themselves in providing little to no cost services like HIV testing, STI screening, HIV treatment, PrEP services for little to no cost. They even have a pharmacy that you can fulfill your prescriptions in. If you're interested in AHF or you'd like to find out more about the organization here in New York City, you can text the code QLN to the number 201-725-1328. Once again, that code is QLN21 at 201-725-1328. And if you're listening anywhere else in the United States or outside of the United States area, because AHF is global, you can go to their website at ahf.org. All right. Thanks for listening. This is Queer Late Night. Subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform or watch episodes on YouTube by searching Queer Late Night. And now back to the show.
I love a good queer question. Um, well, I, I picked that because it's holiday season. People are doing Friendsgiving, um, something giving, thankful hump, 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 hump days. I don't know. What? There's thankful lot, hump days. Yeah, thankful hump days. Girl. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of different. I'm thankful every hump day. All right. What are you talking about? <laughs> All right. Half the week. But in particular, this tonight's episode is going to be released on time one i'm making a vow that's going to happen but it's for the queer culture once again and i titled this episode self-care survival kit for the holidays so i know the holidays are upon us for most of my queer family out there that are listening it is somewhat sometimes difficult when it comes to planning and executing a trip home because a lot of times these times of the holidays brings up a lot of anxiety or, or depression or just mixed feelings, an emotional roller coaster for a planned visit to see your family. So with that being said, we wanted to, I wanted to create a some content to help um, help combat some of those feelings um, and also get you prepared to to get through this because if you're doing it, you're doing it. So I invited my friend, my former mentor, my former supervisor, one of my favorite people in the world that actually really um, helped me stay in the public health field in the field of health and human services because you really believed in me, Sarah One. Also, Sarah is, like I said before, in the introduction that Sarah's been working with mental health and with youth for a very long time. I believe that it's really important to acknowledge, Sarah, you helped me identify what boundaries were. Mm. Um, So a little bit of my story um, that would inspire me to invite you on the show was not too long ago. So I came out at 28 and it was disastrous. It wasn't planned. It wasn't like a nice written letter. It was actually really really terrible i don't i don't want to get into it but during that time my parents were not really supportive now they are better i can say but at the time we would constantly go back and forth and sarah is one of the first people that um educated me on what setting boundaries were and how to reinforce those so i just want to say thank you for that because i did not know what that meant before your at several conversations you you really helped me out and i was really depressed and sad that i had to set boundaries and almost barricade myself from my my toxicity of my family at the time but you helped me also acknowledge that i needed this for my own self-care so mm-hmm. without further ado thank sarah thank you so much welcome to the show thank you that was so special i still believe in you i didn't just believe in you then i still mm. believe in you now oh thank you so pretty much I want to start the conversation off with what are, in your experience, what are some of the things that people go through emotionally or what what are they thinking emotionally when it comes to traveling, going home, seeing their family, what mental wise? Yeah, great question. So some of the things that I personally have experienced and people that are close to me experience are feelings of um, inadequacy. So whether it's that you're either not out to your family, so going home is so it's almost like a, you feel suffocated, right? When you're in space with your family, because you're deciding what parts of yourself you can and can't share. And it's like, we're not compartmentalized as people, but we have to do that. So feeling like in pain over that, or you're out and your family isn't supporting you. So you have to then build up some emotional capacity to deal with potential weird questions or stories or 
your family bullying you sometimes. So I think that a lot of times people feel, queer people feel grief over potentially time that with their family that it was good and then they get into this space and they're and they're grieving the time that their family loved them without conditions um and i think that people feel really scared and anxious and it's why many people decide to whether their family cut them off or not they decide to cut off their family because that feeling is so painful and it often means that you are separate then from your chosen family. If you're cho if you're around your family that isn't supporting you, then you're likely not around the people that do lift you up. And I think all of that is really painful. Hmm. That is well I, said. That's really well said. I know that for um, a lot of people right now, it's a, a big ch choice because of coming out of a pandemic. There's a lot of there's a lot of I don't know how long I have with my family member, my brother, mm -hmm. parent, or whoever else, mm. and we made it through this, and I should be, and these are my own personal feelings. I should be trying more, yeah. but then you get all the way to the idea of okay, well, if I'm going to be trying, how hard are they going to be trying? Because mm. I don't have to do this, <laughs> I literally don't. And then you, you get to the guilt part, but yes. um, you could, you know what? You can go ahead with triggers. Okay. Um, I love what you were just talking about, and I feel like it takes us into this next question. Um, can you elaborate on identifying some triggers when it comes to awkward family interactions? Yeah, definitely. I think that there are things that we know. So a trigger, for those that mm. aren't familiar, is mm. something that um, when you hear it or when it's said to you, it automatically brings you to a place where you feel emotionally unsafe. Mm. So it will bring up a painful memory, a painful thought, a feeling of rejection. So that is a trigger. And I think that we can identify them by by thinking about the things almost like the opposite. Like what do I have in my life that makes me feel safe? Mm. People that love and support me, people that call me by the pronouns that I wanna be called, people that respect my relationships, respect my identity. And so knowing our triggers is so meaningful because once you know them, you can do as much as you possibly can to stop, avoid them. I think avoiding triggers is being emotionally well and caring for yourself. Mm, so mm -hmm. for me, it was like, I'm not going to call my dad for an entire year because everything he says to me is toxic. And while it hurt me, I was avoiding the triggers that sent me down a dark spiral because I go to bed with myself at night, right? Like I'm right. the one who has to feel how I feel. Right. So until I built up enough emotional reserve, I would separate from the things that would harm me. So I think mm. it's important for people to recognize what are the things that certain family members might say to us. I also think sometimes we have to be really okay with maybe making situations uncomfortable ourselves. Absolutely. Like, don't laugh at the joke. That's not funny. It's it's homophobic. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's really hard for people to do, particularly mm. with our families, right? Mm -hmm. You yeah. just want to kind of, like, move past it. Well, it's always that also the another feeling of, like, well, uh, I know that I am more educated on this, and I don't want to rock the boat by starting an argument. But then it's like, well, this is actually offensive. So, and if I if I co-sign this, is that me also allowing this and like furthering this type of stigma or this type of discrimination? I mean, where I'm from, that's you know, it's small town. You don't see or hear from many LGBTQ compute uh, LGBTQ people. 
Um, so they're not going to be. It's not. In, it's not so in your face. You don't. You're right. not forced to educate yourself. But totally. in New York City, it is. So mm. with my family, for a while, it was like every opportunity. Once I build up that emotional reserve and that resilience and those barriers. Um, boundaries, not barriers, not barriers, boundaries. <laughs> I was able to kind of like be a little bit more combative. Like, why, why would you say that? Or why do you think that? Or what, or what, right. or what have mm. you, like, where'd you read that? Like mm. my mom was here visiting once mm. earlier and I love my mom. I love when she visits. She, she had a good time. We were sitting down on the, on the, in the kitchen or I don't have a kitchen in New York city. <laughs> it's all mashed <laughs> together. <laughs> Sitting we, in front of your hot plate. We were sitting in front of a hole in the wall. No, we're sitting in front of the television. We we're watching Golden Girls. And my mom said that, I don't know where she got this from, but she said that like, B. Arthur was a trans person. And I was like, Mom, I look over, I was like, where did, I was like oh, interesting, where did you read that or hear that from? And she was like, oh, well, people were saying that. I was like, where did, you, where did you get your source of information from? And she's like, um... I was like, okay, let's go on the internet. And I was like, sure enough, that's not true. I was like, you, this is the kind of thing. It's like you assume these things and you run with something that someone has mm. and you're wrong. And, but mm. you loved it, but she loves that show. So it's nonetheless, it's always about education sometimes. You got to be willing yeah. to push those boundaries. So I also have to say something about, about that that Please. I think is uh, tricky for queer people because as much as I believe that we should – combat those things like how many times did my stepmom call my partner of five years my friend mm. and how many times did i let it go and then say they're not my friend you know like yeah. and i also think some of it is uh. we're allowed to preserve ourselves right mm -hmm. so you can for the sake of your own wellness separate yourself from the situation because while maybe in the South they don't know LGBTQ people, you don't have to be the one LGBTQ person that teaches everyone everything. Mm, well said. Like how we are with our families is very different from how we are in the world, right? Because for our families, I learned this through my own journey of a horrific coming out with my dad that like I needed to forgive myself for distancing and not like tackling the conversation because I knew that it was going to be so painful and I am allowed to do that because again, I need my emotional, I've always had really emotionally taxing jobs. I am a social worker. I want to be there for my friends who give a shit about me and love me without conditions of being straight, right? So I think that like finding where part of triggers and boundaries is like you find your own comfort and as long as you're okay with that and your own sense of self, that's enough. You can, you could, you chose to educate your mom in that moment. Um, and you also could be like, all right, mom, <laughs> all right, <laughs> like, mom. let's just, Let's just thank you for being a friend, and that's it. You know, uh, like, not my not my golden girl. Okay. I love no. I that's that's the show. Um, what is the importance of setting boundaries? We know the answer to that, but some listeners don't know. Like I didn't know for a while. So, what is some of the importance of setting boundaries? Uh, boundaries are my favorite thing. <laughs> <laughs> Go off. Uh, so. I'm going to find this quote that I love about boundaries so I can tell you all. But um, the point is, I think the importance of setting boundaries is so that we can protect ourselves and we can have healthy, fulfilling relationships, right? Because when in any relationship, you need a boundary, whether that's about your physical space, about your emotional space. Like I have a really great friend who when we both have lost our mothers. So talking about grief is really heavy. 
So when he wants to talk about it, he's like, hey, Sarah, I want to talk about grief. Do you have the mental space to talk about that with me? And I can opt in and say, yeah, I'm feeling like I'm open. I can hear that. Or can we check in later? I've had a rough week. And it's just like, it's a boundary that says that I have, I'm consenting to all the relationships in my life and the way that I deal with them. So setting a boundary, it, let's say this example of family is like I set a boundary and say, I'm not going to spend a holiday with you if I can't bring my partner because my partner is also my family. I'll come see you the week before. I'll come see you the week after. But this is a boundary I'm setting so that I can feel okay with myself. So to your point that you made earlier, less about like I – get feel guilty about there's time spent and I'm wasting it and I'm not with my family. I also have felt guilt about pushing away the people that I, that actually are showing up for me because I'm prioritizing my family. That's made it made my life really hard. Mm, right. Yeah. So for me, it's about like, what are the things that make me feel like my values and myself are like all congruent. Thank Does you. That makes Very absolutely much. good Very sense. Much. That's why you are here. Mm. Um, <laughs> it's it's one of those things where uh, it doesn't feel good to do mm. until it's yes. done, and you realize yeah. you know how much of a difference it's made. In some given cases, it, it even not even with your family, but even with your friends, like you just mentioned. Okay, well, these are some boundaries I would like you not to cross and then once yes. you set them you're like okay i feel better now because i don't have to worry about this interaction because i've already told you so if i black out no, yes <laughs> i don't have know, friends like that though my friends are all great my friends yeah. are all amazing okay. no but the point is you can say boundaries are a safe space so that you can say later hey remember when we talked about how i don't like when you make those jokes yeah so boundaries like when you set them they can be anything and i'm sure whether you know the term boundaries people are doing it in their life all the time yeah. they're saying hey that didn't feel good i didn't like that joke or at work you're saying hey i can't work after six yeah. i have a commitment um i can only work 40 hours or like we're all always doing it we don't talk a lot about emotional boundaries that we set we talk about time boundaries yeah. space boundaries like don't touch me you don't know me right <laughs> yeah but we don't talk about like i need to protect my emotional energy because yeah. we are not like bottomless pits of emotional yeah. like we have a limit of how much we can give so you might say it in a partnership hey i'm feeling spent on this conversation can we talk about it tomorrow um and they're not always uncomfortable but sometimes they are but as long as you know you're not disappointing yourself or letting down what you need um we could talk about boundaries and relationships for a whole nother podcast uh, whole but podcast. i think they're a different thing than in family relationships yeah. but point is they're really to to make you feel like you're being your best self I love everything that you've just said, but materializing it, I feel it can be difficult for someone who hasn't set uh, boundaries prior, especially with family. What does that sound or look like necessarily? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, since we're talking about the holiday season, I think we can say, um, let's use a time example and an emotion okay. example. So for time, you can say, um, I'm really happy to come and spend the meal with you, but I'm going to have to leave at 8 p.m. because I'm going to go, you know, be with my chosen family or be with my partner, whatever it is. So if you need to exercise a time space sometimes for people being around their family is like i can be with you for a day but then i'm done right because 
you feel 13 again, you feel like all these things, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, but emotional boundary is saying something like, when you ignore me, it doesn't feel good. So I'm going to ask you to involve me in the conversation or I'm gonna need to leave. Or when you don't acknowledge my partner, for me, I work in, I work in queer space really long time. So my dad would never talk about my work with me. So I'd say, when you don't ask me any questions about my job, it feels like you're not interested in what I do all day. It's because he didn't want to hear about like my very queer life and my very queer job, right? But I, I had to say like, being my full self in this space is talking about my full life and my work is part of that. Like uh, yeah, that's true. That's mm-hmm. very true, and that's mm-hmm. that's what it is for. Like when I go home, and my mom doesn't. They don't really ask about relationships yeah. or what I'm like doing per se. I just we just talk about the weather. I'm like, well, I wonder if the grass is gonna grow this winter. And my dad's like, I don't know. <laughs> Safe topics. <laughs> Safe to- totally. <laughs> Safe topic. The weather. Um, did you do? Did you? Did you do? The, you just did the emotional one, right? The emotional yeah, boundary. Yeah, so that okay. was like time, emotional. The emotional boundary is really okay. So I found the quote I wanted to share. Okay, it's go for by it. this person named Prentice Hemphill. Okay, they're an amazing queer. They're a podcaster. They're a therapist. They they're amazing, and they say boundaries are the distance at which I can love you and me simultaneously. Oh, snap. and I think it's such a great way to describe boundaries because mm-hmm. they are loving. And they're saying, when I don't honor my own boundaries, I'm loving you, but not myself. Yeah. Right. So this is the way I just love the way that we talk about it because it's like we can I can love you and me, and loving myself means protecting myself. So I'm setting this boundary. So um, she's a fellow podcaster. So I think you all I appreciate really that. appreciate. I'll send you. Please send you do. I want to tag them in this. Um, this podcast so you know now that we got the with the importance of identifying triggers understanding them we're gonna set these boundaries we have them before we get home before we get off the bus before we get off the plane before we get in the car now what happens when you've set these prior tell and you someone's crossed them someone's on a dead name Mm -hmm. you someone's used the wrong pronouns someone Mm -hmm. has said something homophobic or transphobic one of your aunts is getting drunk and saying crazy stuff how you how you gonna combat that? Yeah. So I think different people handle it differently. I want to be really clear that there is no wrong way to handle it. Some people just take that. Maybe later they feel badly about themselves, but in that moment they did what they could to protect themselves. I know many trans people that put up with their family dead naming them. They don't want to, but it's their space, right? So if you're not willing to put up with it, your boundaries have been disrespected and you feel like you're ready and emotionally prepared to assert yourself, then you can say, I don't use that name anymore. I know that you know that and it hurts me when you don't listen. If my boundaries won't be respected again, I'm not going to be able to have you in my life. Like that is people, people stop having, you know, you and I talked about this less. I chose to keep my family in my life, right? Like you very well could have chosen to not have your family in your life, right? Many people do because that's a boundary. I can't deal with my unsupportive family. I chose to keep my family in my life with boundaries, with limits, right? Yes. And so saying, I think that, but everyone is allowed to say, when you when you hurt me 
I think the part like speaking from the heart, not just like that made me mad. Like it hurt me that you that you used a name you know that I don't use. Yeah, it's and partisan. I can't I can't have you um, in my life, or I can't be a part of this gathering. I need to leave. Um, I think it's 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 really difficult, but I I support people that are able to be so brave. For me, I actually definitely I didn't just set the boundary. Like I doubled down. So one once I got to the point where I was fed up, I actually blocked my family from my phone, mm-hmm. and they were blocked for almost four to five months. And my mom had to call the center and asked for me and like i mm. ha- not having spoke to them so long i answered of course because she was going to keep calling honestly my mom is <laughs> going to find her child um i'm impressed I, that she found your work job work she, place I know. she has found me in boot camp that's some sleuthing you I mean, maybe not sleuthing is not the right word but you know what i'm saying oh my mom will yeah, find her children it's really <laughs> relentless about okay. her birds when i she got me on the phone i you know it was after work and i got her on the phone and she was like just trying to be very non you know very you know, not probably, she didn't want to say, I was like, you know, I want to make it very clear that the next time your husband decides to use certain language with me and certain, and and prefacing certain things, I was like, it'll be the last time you hear from me and him as well. You know what's serious when you you call your father her your husband her husband <laughs> i've done i've pulled that that a really got of times. me in my gut I <laughs> oh yeah like, oh, i well i what it was crazy around. it's my father now you know we have right. come a long <clears throat> ways and the no, no no but that is exactly a perfect example of a boundary mm. the next time that happens that will we will no time. longer yeah you lose this privilege that's, you know it, yeah it's, it's, it well, that's, <laughs> chris that's exactly right when you say he loses the privileges because it is a goddamn privilege to have you in queer people are magical. It is a privilege for us to be in your life. Amen. And so you will lose the privilege. I love that. That's my new phrase on boundaries. Mm-hmm. You will lose the privilege of having me in your life. It's a privilege and it needs to be identified that, you know, and, it, and we're not, I'm not a doormat. I was like, I haven't heard people in the street talk to me like that. You will not. And it's, exactly. You will. Yes, not. I don't like goddamn strangers. <laughs> the cursing out that strangers will get. Truly. And yes, obviously our family relationships are complicated. Mm. And I want to be really clear in one point here. What we're not talking about is there are people that are emotionally and financially dependent on their families that cannot set these boundaries, right? Right. I work with young queer people who either live in their family's homes that are unsupportive of them or they live on the street because their parents are so unsupportive Mm. that they've chosen to live on the street. So so I always say if you're you're gonna set boundaries and you're gonna come out to your family and you know it will go poorly, make sure you're safe and that you have a stable place to live because I see teenagers that I try to get housing now that are like good for them that they weren't able to stay in that situation so they left, but now they're on for a lot of hardship. So I know I and you, I think left, were able to set boundaries when I wasn't financially dependent on my family. Right, I left knowing that it, I just yeah. knew it was not going to be work well well for me to live in my family's house mm-hmm. in high school. I started doing the military, but not a lot of people have a lot of outlets or a lot of anything yeah. to you know do that. So they come here to New York City, and it's hard. It's mm-hmm. it's yeah. hard. And I, I always tell my mom, I was like in the beginning, I was like, do you think if people chose your um, the word lifestyle or whatever kind of word okay. I was like they would Choose. literally want to live on the street right. or in some countries it, you would face death right. worried about death I think people just choose that right mom and right. you know it, 
it kind of made her think, you know what I mean? Like, this isn't one of these choosing things. So I want to go down a little bit of, um, I don't know, I'm gonna, we're not going to do the pre-checks. We've, we've talked about setting boundaries. We've talked about identifying boundaries. But now we got to talk about our other family members that are not going home this year. There's a lot of people who want either they can't afford it, the pandemic has financially, you know, shut them down. Um they can't go home because their family either isn't vaccinated, refuse to get vaccinated, they're not vaccinated. There's so many reasons why right. a lot of our friends and family are spending the time of the holidays by themselves and it's important that yeah. they don't spend the time by themselves. Mm. So what are some ways that we can be inclusive during the holidays? Yeah, I love this question. I think it's super important um, because I definitely remember feeling really sad when I stopped going home to be with my family for my own protection, but it Mm. made me sad. And what really helped me was um, being either included in friends, you know, what I love about New York, regardless of identity, there's always people that are sticking around, right? Because it's too expensive, all the reasons that you said. So, um, joining up with chosen family, even not so good family. Like we invited friends over that we just met because they were going to be alone and we're alone. So we're like, come over. Right. So connecting and sort of having that spirit of like, let's sort of redo this holiday that's supposed to be focused on family and really have it be about community Mm. and sharing. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Also doing friends events whether it's on the holiday or not but like let's have a party the weekend before when people are in town and let's cook together or whatever it is that about the tradition of holiday that feels meaningful to you and share that with each other like how many times do we sometimes leave behind family which it means like leaving behind the cultural foods that we appreciate share that with your friends right totally share that with people that you love i feel like that's a part that we don't have to lose if we're losing connection to family, we don't have to lose our own identity and culture. So sharing that, checking in with each other, there's ways to volunteer because that also sometimes takes the focus off of your own yeah. thing is to give back in some way, which I think is also really meaningful. Yes. That's awesome. And yes. then is it like, I know that people, you know, it's one thing that, you know, invite people to different gatherings and events. But I think one of the things that we miss sometimes is we don't know how to appropriately do a mental health check on our friends, how to word it, mm-hmm. especially if, you know, say, you know, a friend, i.e. me, that struggles with depression and things like that. You don't want to say triggering things like, yeah. you just don't want to say triggering things. What's a yeah. good, what's an example of a good way to check in on a friend emotionally or mentally, just to make sure you yeah. cover all the bases? Yeah, so something that I've recently been reading about that I think is really meaningful in terms of supporting people is to not ask so many questions, Mm. but to just say, like, I'm thinking of you. I know sometimes today can be hard. Can I, like, I'm going to bring over dinner tonight. How is seven? Right? Because sometimes you say, do you need anything? You're making the person say, yes, I do need something. Yeah. And that's hard for people to do. So if you say... Um, I'm going to order you some food. Is this your address? Like, look out for your doorbell at seven, right? So you're just offering some support without a lot of questions. Um, And I know sometimes I find that people really like, uh, when you offer some humanity, people receive that. So if I say like, I'm really struggling right now because this holiday feels weird. Are you feeling that too? You're sort of opening it up to say that. Um, 
and just like being more open-ended rather than are you feeling sad just like um (sighs) things are feeling weird right now right like you know what you're saying you don't want to trigger someone or really sometimes it's like sending your friends like some funny memes and distracting them with some something that's totally unrelated right Um, yeah um it's just like a way to be like i'm thinking of you but we don't need to talk about how you might be feeling um I just want you to know that like, I still think you're fun and I still think that you're um, a great friend no matter how you're feeling. So like engaging them in different conversation. I'll sometimes just like send my friends selfies being like, don't I look great today? You know, whatever, (laughs) just like look at this skin glowing and then like it's a funny banter or something or pictures of my puppy because she's so cute, you know, like whatever, something that. that still includes people. Um, without highlighting like any painful things but you're leaving because those are the people that you know you can you can share with right right right. yeah no i love that that's and you know what it's all about because the holidays is different for everyone people don't celebrate all the things we like when i think of thanksgiving my family isn't big it's me my mom my dad my brother and like maybe two uncles that don't come because they don't feel like it so after (laughs) dinner they go to my parents typically go to sleep why wouldn't you you're full and i'm just sitting on the couch like marge simpson waiting for something to happen in the woods and i'm like okay well (laughs) i guess it's time to go to walmart we're not promoting them that'll be bleeped out but um yeah it's you gotta like you pick and choose and then and you just it's the holidays, you know what I mean? Find a way to be merry, be nice to yourself. People get, you know, eat, eat stuff. It's mm-hmm. winter time. Mm-hmm. Let yourself have some fun. The food in- releases, what's the fun, the fun, happy, happy chemical that food releases? Dopamine. Serotonin or dopamine? Maybe both. I like that. <laughs> yeah. So I, thank you, Sarah, for your, your, your gracious, very, very important insightful insightful information mm-hmm. but like education and knowledge behind setting boundaries i went on um i went on queer40.com it, i wasn't clear about who published the article but they had nine tips themselves on how to get through the holidays so number one was you are to allow yourself to decide if you want to celebrate and that means if you like want to go to your friends giving things go family do anything some people prefer not to and that's okay do not feel guilty about that but you are allowed to make those decisions number two was to avoid toxic family and friends now i know what people are like oh how can i have toxic family and friends okay let's mm. let's also identify there's a lot of sober people the holidays is also another time that people are known to like you know drink overindulge and, maybe overindulge and celebrate but you know what some people do it in a way that makes others uncomfortable if that's the case mm. those are the people you're going to be spending the holiday with you don't have to remember mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. number three make an effort to spend time with supportive people mm. i.e your best judy that lives upstairs and she makes you food because you cannot cook oh my god you live upstairs yes it That's is a so big cool. queer like dorm here dorm it's a dormitory i love it so much <laughs> i do too thank you number four treat yourself treat yourself and others so i guess uh, go out have some go ice skating do nice things you don't have to go and buy things on the internet or make something you know be creative that's number five actually Mm. is get creative Mm, mm. i love it because every birthday chris ricky who 
whatever me <laughs> um <laughs> you make me my card and that means a lot to me so make your I love friends making those cards make your friends a christmas gift i mean whatever it is honestly if you're suffering from panorama poor just make everything macaroni make glue right. something i love made stuff <laughs> I love made stuff. Give me made stuff. Number six, write down some quality affirmations. And you can do this all year long. I would even go as far as if you really like your affirmations, laminate them, put them somewhere that you can see them. Bathroom mirror, before the door, maybe something that you look at in the morning as you wake up. Starting your day before you leave or before you leave the house with positive affirmations is really healthy, especially if mm. you write them. Mm. Number seven, stay off social media or limit it. Honestly. Honestly, stay off social media. People portray things that aren't necessarily always the most truthful. And it makes you feel a certain way. Like, why am I not with a big group of people? Why am I not with my family? Should I? Don't look at social media to comfort you or to be be there for you during these times. Go outside. I want to elaborate on this one a little bit. What I I love about that, I believe in that, taking um, little mental breaks from that. But also not feeling like everyone that reaches out to you via email, text message, DM is entitled to a quick reply. I'm remember I'm old enough to remember a time when we were not so hyper connected. Being connected is a blessing, but people are not entitled your time all day, every day, right away. That's a boundary right there. I will take a whole day sometimes, you know what I'm saying? To, to get back to some people and I'm at a point where I'm not sorry about it. I shouldn't be. I miss when you couldn't just get at me on five different apps. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) It is a blessing Mm -hmm. to be in touch and have that uh, as a route of communication. But you know, if you got to take your time, sometime take your time. I know that's right, honey. Take your time. But I know where you live. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, she, I left her on red. She's up on my door, like I'm on the fire. Zip. I'm at the window, knocking. The, like, bitch, I see you. This is one I can't get away with. It, though, no, you okay. cannot get away from this one. I can't. All right, and number eight, number eight. We're almost there. We're almost mm. done. Schedule therapy. You know what? I want to point this out. A lot of us don't do this, but I've realized this. If you work a full time job, a lot of people do now. If you want to quit, wait. And, but before you quit, see if you have EAP benefits because you can utilize um, the mental health counseling. I think some people get at least five or six. So utilize that. What is that? It's a employment assistance program. program. Yeah. Some you you pay into that. So if you have that, now is a good time to start trying to schedule therapy, especially because, you know, the new year is approaching us. A lot of people get depressed about that, too. So schedule schedule therapy. It's part of self-care. And number nine, the final one is prioritize yourself. Some people think that's selfish, but if you don't care for yourself, who will? RuPaul says it, and we go, if, how, how would she say? If you can't love yourself, can't love how yourself the hell can you love anybody else? And it's so true, if you can't, if you're not giving it to yourself, how can you be expected to give it to others? You you can't, and you won't. So that is from Queer, queer40.com I check like out that. the website has a lot of good um, information for queer culture and queer family but we don't like ending the show that way we're not going to we got to find out more from Sarah before we end the show where are you what are you doing now can you promote something that you feel comfortable with but like what are you doing tell us what's going on why are you in North Carolina first of all mm. Well, we moved here during the pandemic because we had really good friends um, that 
were already living here and we wanted to get out of the city. So we came down for like a month and just like got an Airbnb and we're working remotely. And I was like, wait, I could have a house and I could have space. <laughs> so we just like went back to New York and packed our shit up and we moved. You were like, and then you're... I got this really awesome job here. And then you were like, wait, y'all don't have roaches. Wait, I have not seen one roach. Wait. <laughs> I have space for all my shit. It's amazing. Oh my god! I have um, to fight the rats to get on the subway. Wow. Oh my god! I don't have to get on a subway. I do have to drive, which I don't like. But my work commute is like six minutes long. So nice. Um, and then, like after being here for like six months, I got this amazing executive director role at this small LGBTQ youth organization. It is like so fun like it's kind of like less when we were all like working downstairs and hanging out and like that's what it feels like i love that um Man, when last and i worked together yeah. we had such a good time we were always just like it just feels like that and i get to hang out with amazing teenagers all day and help them and my yes, team is I great and i feel really excited about it so i'm really happy that we're here that's Me and my partner got engaged in Charlotte, which was really very sweet. cool. Congratulations! Thank you. Are you? We're is there going to be a big wedding that I should be getting invited I'm, to? I mean, <laughs> if there was going to be a big wedding, there's no party without you. But like, I don't know. We might just like elope or something. Weddings cool. are expensive. Very expensive. Like, we bought a house. That was the whole thing. So I think we might just. That's amazing. We don't know yet. We talk yeah. about it a lot. And we lost the whole year because of the pandemic. We were just like being engaged. Now we're like, maybe we'll just like courthouse and have a party. Or maybe we'll. It's elope. cheaper. So yeah. I mean, I'm turning 40 next year. So <gasps> we're doing something. When did you get so to good, 39? <laughs> you look so good. When I, was, when I met Sarah, I thought Sarah was just a few years older than me. Like, yeah. I thought she was like 31. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and I feel not, like age is one of those things neither here nor there to like elaborate on. You got to moisturize. She, come on, she and so she, good. she avoid but girl, thank you because you know I spend a lot of money on my skincare. <laughs> me showing, too. You encouraged me. Remember the showing. day I came back to the office yes. with a bag of Kiehl's? And you're like, where were you in your break? I was like, at Kiehl's. <laughs> I put in I all so my credit proud. card. I was so Yeah, happy. so we're going to do something card. for my 40th next year. It's good jeans. Thanks, Mama. And Amen. it's expensive. And you never straighten your hair or got the asymmetrical haircut that I've been trying to talk about. I never did. I'm so sorry. That was Kara. Kara. <laughs> Les created an alter ego for me named Kara that had a straight asymmetrical bob. I never did it. And she wore stilettos all the time to work. I had so no, much time on my hands. I was creating characters at my desk. And right. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Nuts. <laughs> what are you reading right now? Uh, I'm reading a book right now called The Guest List. I've been really into mystery lately. Mm. So anything that like keeps me, like grips me and keeps me up at night, like wondering who did it. So it's called The Guest List. <laughs> the guest or guest? Guest, like okay. a party, okay. like The Guest List. Yeah. Okay. Alex and I have a nice ritual of getting in bed early and reading for like an hour before oh, we go to sleep. I That's, love like, the way that. Oh, it's wow. like how we wind down from our day. We like cuddle and read. Um, what? And so if it. <laughs> what in the Hallmark? I'm going to read to my boyfriend tonight. It's like pulling teeth. 
It's a retweet. I'm, I'm gonna retweet. I them. hate it already. <laughs> I mean, I did tell you that I'm almost forty, so um, I Work. like to get in bed early. But so yeah, I've been into mysteries because they keep me up later. But I'm like, I feel like part of why I love reading is like it. My day is so a lot. Like I'm dealing with so much stuff that like I can fully go into something else. So with a mystery, I'm like I'm not distracted by what I have to do tomorrow. I'm like, did that bitch do it or what? Right. So wow. What a healthy, beautiful way to unwind, but also indulge. Oh wow! <laughs> Not only stimulate like the mind, that. but it's good. you're also winding down for but sleep, it's like right? An escape. Yeah, yeah. I have my that... little glass of wine before. Work. Before I go to bed. <laughs> Reading a book is escape. I get yeah, through absolutely. one paragraph. And I'm like, oh. Why do you think Harry when Potter sold almost as well as the Bible? Because all she... these fucked up millennials wanted to get away. <laughs> she was really rude. You know, and then she went and fucked it all up. I know. <laughs> this woman but who that, created a magical world can't understand the magic of trans people. Like, wow. It doesn't make what? sense. But what sucks is that she's still so goddamn rich because she wrote those books. It's too late. You can't return them. I can't. <laughs> She's like, I can't know. return the book. Sorry about she it. She have to give the money back. Yeah. <laughs> well, it has been an honor and a pleasure and an opportunity, Sarah, to do this episode with you. I want to thank you for one empowering me and continuing to power me, and encourage me. I still use Sarah as a reference because all my other jobs, I get no good. I'm just kidding. No, I still use Sarah's reference. I will be your reference forever I love because you. I think you're amazing. And oh, I love that. Th- thank you for. Uh, continuously helping hmm. it's continuously a word did we figure it continuously. yeah it is continuously yeah. helping support the lgbtq youth because it's really important that we create as much safe spaces for them as well as, as we can while we can because it seems like it's always like a sliding board on how much space we have um I know. and that's it i looked forward to this has been great this has you, you both so much. You were so um, just so well versed, and uh, I loved the verbiage that you used. It made sense, and I think it's going to speak to a lot of people. I hope so. Yeah. Wait, before you go, is there any platform or organization that you encourage your listeners and viewers and your friends and family that will listen to you talk on this podcast to go and support? Yeah, for sure. So I wouldn't be a good executive director if I didn't plug Time Out Youth and start at North Carolina. Timeoutyouth.org slash give the gift. It's our holiday giving campaign where we buy presents for all of the young people that we serve. So LGBTQ youth. Um, I also think since we were talking about Thanksgiving and holidays, an organization in New York that I love is God's Love We Deliver. Um, Heard they, of them. They're amazing and they offer they deliver food to people that have medical needs and they deliver thanksgiving meals all day to people that can't go out and get thanksgiving food and they get Mm. to enjoy it and i think it's a great place to both volunteer and to support um and i also think that and we should always support trans communities so trans lifeline when we think about the holidays be, being potentially really difficult it's a it's a hotline for trans people to call if they're struggling and we know the holidays become a really difficult time for people um and it is largely because of family rejection so yes. i think that it's not just an anecdote the research says that family rejection is um, create some of the biggest needs for our communities. So Trevor Project, another great one for LGBTQ youth that are in need. Um, so those are the orgs that I support. I like that you had three because I will tell people beforehand they will come with not. 
They will come out Guana. No, no, no. It's, no, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. I'm going to have to cut that out because that's going to make us not want to come back. <laughs> no, no this problem. Is amazing. Wait, do you uh, have social media? I went to look for you on so on Instagram. I couldn't find you. Wait, that is because I follow you on Instagram. Oh. I probably was just typing in random letters again. Uh, by Serious Sarah. By Serious. At, in, on Instagram, by Serious Sarah. By Serious underscore Sarah. That's my Instagram and my Twitter because I am seriously bisexual. That's right. And we love that. And we, oh, that's great. Yeah, I feel like this is the, uh, uh, this is neither here nor there, but first openly bisexual guess yes. we've had uh, first we're of, trying to hit all the letters all, every <laughs> letter and plus so, so thank everything you. that we can you know Emmy. it's a matter of time but yes thank you you I'm have so proud to be your B yes you have been listening to Queer Late Night. This has been an amazing episode, and thank you so much for continuously listening and supporting the show. We look forward to um, having you around for season two. If you like the show, please subscribe, share, of course, you know, the, the whole spew. But most importantly, we need donations now because we're getting to season two, and we want to build out the show as much as possible. So please follow me on Instagram at ell.mccullars. That's the official Instagram page for queer late night and they can find you ricky roman where ricky roman 91 everywhere 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 and sarah thank you so much for coming on the show thank, thank you, you for both your so time. much it's You're been so, a pleasure so it's welcome been a thank pleasure you. good night everyone good night, good night. Good night.